Hey, where's your outlet? So I can plug you in on this week's episode of Smiley Said It. I don't know about elections coming up, but I do know one thing. Looking at a lot of people's costumes put a smile on my face. And also, I'm happy to know that I put a smile on other people's faces with my costumes. So that made it better. Anyway, so today we're going to be talking about Jared Kushner's comments in regards to Black Americans, uh, Mindy Kalin rocking a sweatshirt to me that was very insensitive, how Beyonce can't do anything right according to some Black folks across the Black diaspora, more voter shaming news, Jennifer Hudson throwing shade, mm. what comes with being independent thinkers and being an independent voter? White allyship and what it's supposed to look like as opposed to what, well, what we've been seeing. And how poor are Black people as a collective in America? And how the Board of Police Commissioners meeting in Kansas was read for filth by a Black woman, who did a phenomenal job, by the way. Donald Trump walking out of an interview for uh, 60 minutes. Kamala Harris uh, not staying in her place when it comes to Black American culture and history. Lizzo being Lizzo. Joe Biden on protesters and rioters, Walter Wallace Jr. and Lil Wayne posing with Donald Trump. So there's a lot on uh, today's agenda, but we're going to push through. So here we go. Well, we're back. And I just, I've been stressed, you know? I mean, everyone has. And obviously, it's due to the fact that voters are in distress. And a lot of us just don't know where this world is going, let alone the country. So I just want to give it, I just want to get it over with. <laughs> like, I really just want to get. November the 3rd to hurry the fuck up and we can just be about our day. And for those that really care about politics and economics, we're going to do the work and we're going to fight for what's ours. We're going to fight for reparations. We're going to fight for fucking liberty. We're going to fight for dismantling the system and making it fair for once. So it's about that time for my intro song. Y'all know I love to give y'all a nice little cute little note <laughs> whether it sounds good or not I don't care <laughs> I say this every week or every time I post so let's see I'm, I'm feeling a Rihanna song I'll sing a song by her here we go all along it was a fever a cold sweat hot-headed believer I threw my hands in the air and said, show me something. He said, if you did come a little closer. Round and around and around and around we go. 
Oh, now, tell me now, tell me now, tell me now, you know. There you have it. Rihanna, stay with me. <laughs> um, I don't know why I felt like singing that song, but I just, I just wanted to. It's, it really is a beautiful song. So anyways, we're going to get to the problems of the world immediately. And up next on the docket, we have uh, Jared Kushner. Okay. <laughs> who the fuck is Jared Kushner? Well, someone who fucking shouldn't be talking. Let's start there. So, well, if you don't know who Jared Kushner is, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess you should technically know who he is, but technically you shouldn't. But anyways, Jared Kushner is a senior advisor to Donald Trump. And also he is, you know, the son-in-law of Donald Trump. And he's from New Jersey. He's married to Ivanka. He's 39. What else? I mean, he's trash, right? Like he's just, he's trash. Um, he is an American investor, I believe. Uh, what else does he do? Um, he does real estate. Um, he's a newspaper publisher. Like that's, that is, that is really it. So he said some foul shit in regards to, well, Negroes needing to just want, needing the want and desire to be successful in order to be successful. Now we all know that, that, you know, is bullshit, but he said it. And a lot of people unfortunately still say that and believe that, you know, if black Americans just pick themselves up by their bootstraps and just work hard, then they could just get whatever they want. Oprah had ass, you know, they could just, they could just manifest if they write it on the bulletin, uh, bulletin board that, Hey, you know what? I want to be rich one day. Then it will come true. There is no one stopping you from you besides white supremacy, besides a system that keeps you down and out and about after 400 years, there's nothing in your way. According to them. Um, I just feel like we are now officially in the matrix and people are going to start saying some shit that you would have thought according to data and economics and, and proof and facts and statistics and, you know, numbers and all that other kind of shit that proves that it's not us. That's the problem here. The problem is that we're bottom casted. The problem is, well, you know, if we didn't have a system that made it impossible for the black American community to have collective wealth, then we would just, you know, be at the top 1% where, hey, I don't have to work. I can just pass on generational wealth. That's it. That is literally what the fuck these people in the top 1% are telling us looking down on us after they created a system that keeps us from rising to the top 1%. And then we're faulted for it. We're blamed for it, right? We're blamed for crack cocaine, even though that was put into our neighborhoods. We're blamed for violence, even though, well, what, what do you think is going to happen when you're fucking scarce for uh, resources? This is like something that I believe to be just blatant disrespect at this point. There's really nothing around, you know, a point to make in regards of like faulting black people for their own oppression. 
That is that is like some bullshit. And unfortunately, you even have some foreigners, okay, believing that. Literally, re- like repeating white supremacy ideology towards black Americans that y'all are just lazy. Y'all don't work hard. Y'all don't do enough. All y'all do is kill and steal. All y'all do is abandon your families. All y'all do is go to prison. And But yet, no one wants to look at why. Nobody actually fucking studies or care to look at statistics. No one cares to understand how the goalpost keeps moving whenever we do fucking go to college, whenever we do go to universities. No one fucking wants to acknowledge the school to prison pipeline. Nobody wants to acknowledge redlining. Nobody wants to acknowledge fucking what happened after the Immigration Act. Nobody wants to acknowledge that we fucking can't even get jobs because you got other people, other minorities even, that only hire their own, okay? And that's another thing I wanted to talk about. I'm transitioning now. I was following someone on YouTube. I was subscribed to their channel. I'm not going to mention who they were. It was a gay male. He didn't have that many followers, but I did appreciate some of his posts and some of his videos as well. And he said something that made me immediately click unsubscribe. (laughs) He was just like, you know, black Americans need to stop hating on Mexicans. We got to stop hating on Mexicans. They're one of us too. They... They, they're oppressed just like us. And that's the thing is nobody ever, like, I don't really see any black Americans at all that, that literally demises another group, another minority group for just simply existing. Like, if anything, we're the ones that are too friendly. We're the ones that are too opening and too welcoming to everybody. And that is a fact, Okay. So whenever you see people with this rhetoric of black Americans hate everybody, black Americans this, black Americans that, what you're doing is perpetrating something that is stereotypical. You're perpetrating something that you only see in media. I don't know, me personally, literally, as a black American, I don't know not one black American that hates Mexicans for being Mexican. What I see is people hating the system that creates a gateway for other minorities to hire their own people where we're blocked out, which is why you see so many people, ignorant people being like, well, no one's going to do the job besides Mexicans. They're the only ones that are waiting outside of Home Depot for a job. They're the only ones that are, you know, out here cutting lawns and grass and picking tomatoes and all this other stuff. And it's like, wait a minute, hold up. We're not, if you go to a temp agency, a lot of black folks are hired. I mean, like I said, black agents, uh, temp agencies are literally being sued for discrimination against blacks. Like, so how is it that we're not wanting to work? Y'all just don't want to work. No, we do. There's no fucking job opportunities. Literally. Well, there's always job openings and y'all don't want to apply. Who the fuck is y'all? How does, how does people come to the conclusion as a collective to, to say that a whole group is just lazy after that specific group built the whole fucking country after 400 years? Like, how is it that it's us that's the problem, (laughs) right? No, if you have someone, a Latino or Hispanic that are only hiring their own people, yeah, we're not gonna fucking get a job, but let's just open the border and flood everybody in. And then you turn around and blame black Americans for not being able to have job opportunities and call us lazy in the same fucking breath. That makes no sense. I'm sorry. That's, That's not... That's not xenophobic. That's not fucking saying that you hate Mexicans. What that is, is a group of people being concerned that they can't even fucking get job opportunities, that they can't even fucking do for themselves. I'm very baffled 
at the blatant ignorance that I'm seeing right now. I'm seeing people blaming black men for the conditions that we're in. I'm seeing people blaming everybody besides white supremacy. I'm seeing everybody blaming us besides the fucking system that put us where we are now. Why, why don't we have that same energy towards the system? Why don't, if we have that same energy for blaming, for blaming us, each other, even, like I said, there's black people too. There are black Americans faulting black Americans for being in a position that we're in. If we have that same energy towards the government, we would be fucking a little bit further along the way in regards to fucking creating reparations. But since we believe that it's our fault, then we're not going to do anything. We're just going to pretend that we're going to be like, oh, well, if we just work harder, if we just fucking get along, why can't we all just get along? You know, rhetoric like, oh, we're all in this together. How if you have one group that are fucking without? Like you, like, like I said in my Instagram story, you can't talk about uni- uh, being unified if a group is being stepped on and stepped over. You can't talk about unification, right? When you literally have people ignoring the fact that we are oppressed. There are literally people that don't believe that we're poor. Let's talk about it. There are people that believe that black Americans aren't struggling because we can sit inside of a restaurant with other white people now because there's no longer a blacks only sign or colored only sign in a restaurant. No, the sign is still there. It's just not visible. That's all. <laughs> that, 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 that's all that is, right? So, I mean, we do see how we're treated inside of restaurants as it is, right? We know the news. We, we know. We're discriminated still at Starbucks, you know, for waiting for a friend to show up. And then instead of, you know, just your friend showing up that you're waiting for, police show up to arrest you. We know what time it is. <laughs> Ain't nobody fool what it is, right? We know what it is. So this whole rhetoric of, oh my God, why we're not poor? Because we got Oprah and Michael Jordan and, and celebrities. They don't count. I'm talking about as a collective, uh, not individual wealth, but a collective wealth. I'm, I'm, I'm not understanding how we are literally falling for the fucking trap. This is what white supremacy want. They want us to believe that we're fucking okay. And we're not. A lot of us don't even have a savings account. A lot of us don't even have fucking life insurance. A lot of us can't afford medical health care, Right? Your, your grandparent, if they're alive, your grandparent can't just, can't just give you $1,000 if you ask for it, right? What was your graduation gift? High school or college? Was it a down payment for a house? Because that's what the white folks get. Not all, but a lot of them do. I know some. So where's this wealth? I would love to know. All right, so according to the State of Work in America, the African-American community has suffered a dramatic increase in unemployment and a staggering loss of income since the onset of the Great Recession. Yet even before the recession, labor market outcomes for blacks were substantially worse than for whites. As evidence across a wide range of economic data, we love data over here, so let's dive right into it. Income, $39,715 at the medium at the median, black families made $39,715 in 2010, down from about $45,000 in 2000, the year. 
As a percentage of white median family incomes, Blacks made 61% in 2010, down from 63.5% in 2000. The Great Recession wrecked havoc on household incomes for Blacks from 2007 to 2010. The median Black household's income fell 10.1% compared to 5.4% for white households. Let's talk about wages and benefits, shall we? In 2011, 36% of Blacks, including 38.1% of Black women, were employed in low-wage jobs, earning poverty-level wages or less. Among the white labor force, 23.4% were employed in low-wage jobs. In 2010, about half, 49.5%, of Blacks between the ages of 18 to 64 had wealth insurance provided by the employer, a nearly 14% point reduction from 1979. Only 14% from 1979, people. Nearly 38% of Blacks between the ages of 18 and 64 had employer-provided pension coverage in 2010, an 8.1% point erosion since 1979. This is more than double the rate of erosion in person coverage for whites. Jobs. Here we go. During the aftermath of the Great Recession, the annual unemployment rate peaked at 15.9% for Blacks in 2010 and 2011. 15.9%. The highest annual unemployment rate for whites since the onset of the Great Recession was only 8%, still less than the pre-session annual unemployment rate, which is 8.3% for Blacks. From 2007 to 2011, High school educated blacks with no higher educational attainment saw their unemployment rate rise from 9.6 to 18.3%. Black college graduates saw their unemployment rate rise from 3.5 to 8.2%. About 50% of unemployed blacks were out of work for more than six months in 2011, the largest long-term unemployment rate among racial ethnic groups. Racial ethnic groups. That includes people of color. That includes even black people that aren't black American. Understand what that means. Wealth. In 2010, the median wealth or network for black families was $4,900 compared to median wealth for whites, which was $97,000. Blacks are nearly twice as likely as whites to have zero or negative net worth, 33.9% compared to 18.6%. Wealth disparities, that's what it is. Poverty. In 2010, 27.4% of blacks lived in poverty compared to the overall U.S. poverty rate of 15.1%. This, This shit is crazy. 45.8% of black children under the age of six lived in poverty, more than three times the rate of young white children. Let's talk about mobility. Mobility is very important because this is what I'm talking about. This is how we remain stagnant. This is how we remain at the bottom. This is how we remain bottom casted. This is how the system has kept us literally at a standstill. Okay. 62.9% of black children whose families were in the bottom fourth of all families by income, remained in the bottom fourth as adults. So we have children 
that are being born into, into poverty and remain in poverty. And we keep passing the generation on and on again because we don't have generational wealth to pass down to our kids, right? This measure of downward mobility was about twice the rate, 32.3% for whites. Only 3.6% of black children from the bottom fourth made it to the top fourth of the income scale in upward mobility rate, about one-fourth the rate of four whites. Come on now. And it's us. We're the blame. We're to blame for that. <laughs> so imagine what those numbers look like today. That was a, that was a decade ago. And you got Joe Biden talking about, I'm going I'm to welcome in 11 million more legal immigration to, to get jobs and we're going to build this country. Where the fuck do we go? If we're already fucking stagnant at the bottom, 13% of us in the country, where the fuck do we go in the next 30 years? What does that look like for us? Tell me, huh? But call us xenophobic, call us nationalist, call us separatist, call us divisive, whatever you want. But the numbers don't lie. Look around. <laughs> That's all. Use your eyes. You see it. You experience it. You know, or you know someone else that is experiencing it. So come on, cut the bullshit. And I want people to tell me that we're not working hard enough. How? How? When you have people like Joe Biden saying, oh, reparations? No. In my Kamala Harris voice, it should be the opposite, right? What's good for black people is good for everybody else. But you don't even want to give us that. You don't even want to pay attention to what the fuck we need to be done, right? After we fucking structured this country. No. It should be the opposite. It should be y'all fucking trying to get us to be where we need to be. No, no longer bottom casted, right? Accessibility, access. That is what your job is. And then everybody else can fucking get what we got. But no, you can't do the opposite and say, I'm going to focus on everybody else and you Negroes are last. And then what's good for them? No, that's not how it works. Clearly, or else we would not be fucking poor, right? Understand that we are in a fucking tight space right now to the point where people are committing suicide. People are killing other people. People are taking drugs. People are, are you know, have an alcohol problem right now, especially during a pandemic. And you feel like, oh, well, y'all just not applying enough. <laughs> you know, the minorities will take jobs and clean toilets that y'all won't do that. Who's, we're not even supposed to be doing that. Why should we? We're supposed to be making at least six figures. Each an average household, each per person should be making at least six figures. Why would we fucking want to scrub toilets? We've been, our ancestors been there, done that. Our ancestors were housemaids and fucking servants. We're beyond that. How dare you compare us to those that just got here and have to work their way up? We've been here. We've been established. So no, we shouldn't be fucking moving backwards. The point is to fucking not grab for crumbs. We shouldn't be fucking asking for crumbs, people. That is the point. That is why you don't have a lot of black Americans want to do those jobs. Because we fucking did enough as it is. And you want us to fucking beg? To fucking flip burgers? At eight to twelve dollars an hour, you got your damn mind. No, 
And and to me, I'm just like, yo, this is this is just fucking crazy. This is crazy. That is just crazy. That is crazy talk. You know, it's insane to tell black people to blame ourselves and not the government for systemic disenfranchisement, right? News reports today will tell it like it is. Like Trump administration has not prosecuted a single bank for the systemic denial of home loans based on race or skin color. In steering qualified black people into predatory lanes. You know, the Obama, uh, the Obama uh, administration only prosecuted a handful of banks. This is a blatant failure of the government to enforce anti-racist federal laws like the, the 1968 Fair Housing Act and the Community Investment Act. Like, this is where we are. This is where we are, people. Okay? Like, where, where, do, you, where do we go from there? Where do you go from there when you have people that are literally trying to take us off track from what we earned and what we are owed? That is that is a problem here. Okay. Everything that we have, we built for ourselves. You know, again, we weren't supposed to be here. Black Americans, descendants of chattel American chattel slavery, we weren't supposed to be here. <laughs> let me let me say that again. We were not supposed to be here. We were not supposed to last this long. We were not supposed to be as far as we are today. That is why they're mad. They're trying to get rid of us by all means necessary. Any form of, 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 of evaporating our asses into thin air. They're doing every form of, 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 of oppression, suppression that they can fucking get their hands on. And we're just like, oh, oh, no, uh, we're just not working hard enough. Why can't we all just get along? Why can't we, why can't we just all come together and fight more? Like, please. <laughs> we built this for ourselves from art to social political infrastructure, as well as literature and, and every form of way we have structured ourselves in a Western white dominant mainstream society. Okay along with many other foreigners. And we're over here being the people that are crying out the loudest for help and yet the most disrespected. Our ancestors put in that work. Understand that, people. They put in the work through civil rights, violent protests, and their descendants. And like we build a foundation for ourselves and you got people wanting to grab in our goodie bag and take our shit and tell us to stop fucking crying about it. How? How do you put your dirty, filthy hands in my goodie bag and tell me to fucking stop crying over it? Don't tell me to fucking hush. Don't tell me to be quiet. Don't tell me, oh, I don't agree with you fighting for reparations for your people. How dare you? How dare you feel some type of way that certain people aren't included and what the fuck my people have fucking fought and we, we couldn't, we couldn't fucking go anywhere. We couldn't fucking flee. We had to stare our black asses right here and fight for what the fuck we have and people want a fucking taste of it. No, we got a problem with that. Especially when we're fucking told to our faces that we're lazy. How? Again, I'll wait. Fuck out of here with that. Please. We got to understand how economics work. 
people. We got to do our studies. We have to fucking pick up a book. We have to read. For those who don't fucking want to read, who don't even want to read a paragraph on Instagram and want other people to tell them what the fuck is being written. Oh, I, I'm not reading all that. Who who can tell me what the fuck that says? I, I'm, I'm not reading all that. You sound crazy. You can't even read a paragraph or two without fucking feeling like you're, oh, it's too much. That is a problem. Because I know you're not fucking picking up. I know you're not picking up a book. I know you're not fucking doing your research, your studies then. But yeah, those are the same people that want to tell people how to fucking vote and voter shame people to fucking just give your vote to a fucking another white supremacist because he's a little bit more subtle, right? He's not as vocal as Trump is, but he's still racist, but he's not as vocal. Are you, I'm really trying not to insult people over their fucking stupidity because it is stupidity, but I'm really trying to like be, that quote unquote bigger person, but fuck it. I'm not sorry. I'm not that person. Not anymore. I used to be, but not anymore. Not anymore. It's a very fucking aggressive mimicry. Like it's a form of mimicry in which predators and parasites or, 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 or parastoids share similar angles or, or signals, you know, pretty much using like a, a harmless model, <laughs> allowing like them to uh, avoid being correctly identified by their prey or host. That is what the fuck it looks like when you assimilate. That is what it looks like when you cultural smudge other people's shit. That is what it looks like when you deny people their fucking right and their own identity on their own fucking native land. That is what the fuck aggressive mimicry is by all accounts. Again, if you're not for us and standing with us, then you are against us and you're in the fucking way and we're stepping on you. We're done. Like I said in my last podcast, we're here. We're in this bitch. So get used to it. We've been here. That's the problem. We've been here. <laughs> Our culture has been loud. We have the most hyper-visible fucking culture like in the world. And yet the most fucking disrespected. The most gaslighted. The most, the most group that has uh, all, taken all different types of projection pinned on us. For what? For what? And I mean, we have people like Jamil Hill that are fucking agents, okay? Jamil, Jamil Hill is a fucking agent. And can't nobody tell me different, all right? Like, she, she, she's nobody to me that should be fucking saying anything pertaining to the Black American community on, on, on public platforms such as you know, her, her Twitter account, Instagram, comment sections, whatever may have you. But people like Jamila Hill are literally a fucking parasite to our movement. She really is. She really is. How black men so badly want to, want to grab for patriarchy. How the fuck can black men hold patriarchy in America? How? How? That's what she said. And I remember Damian, uh, Damian Woody, he was like, many black men, many black men. That's news to me. And she responded, was like, yo, like, 
let's just say some of the conversations I had recently are disturbing. So your personal conversations in a male dominated industry that you work in and still have a job in, you want to fucking say, oh, well, my conversations that I've had with black men over the phone or in conversations was enough for me to generalize black men in period without any connotation or context that, yeah, well, black men are, you know, trying to reach the white man's uh, tailcoat and, 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 and be on top of patriarchy towards black women. Does that not sound like a fucking agent or white supremacists that are trying to divide a black group from each other? We already have enough white men that are racist and, and participate in white supremacy, putting our black men in jail, shooting our black men in the street, which is how black lives matter started. But yet those are the same men that are being shot and killed and put in in prison at a crazy rate compared to other races and groups in the world, but they're the problem. They're the reason for fucking uh, the black community being trashed. How? <laughs> I need answers here. Somebody's lying. Either there's not as much black men in prison as there are, and there's not as many black men being shot and killed in the street by police brutality or even fucking racist, to enough where they're, they're fucking abusing and raping us at a crazy rate compared to other groups. That is, that is what fucking white supremacy rhetoric is. That is, that is crazy. Like people don't understand that. You can't, we cannot be in the street fighting for fucking black justice due to the crazy amount of black men being shot and killed in the street and protesting for that black lives matter. But in the same breath, we're saying, oh, they're the reason for our fucking demise. They're the reason. Really? This is how I, this is why I said black lives matter movement has been infiltrated. That that movement has been taken over by every fucking body. It includes everybody, but black Americans specifically. How? <laughs> look look at look look at their agenda, look at their look on their website. They've been stealing money, they've been putting money in different places that it shouldn't be going towards and all types of crazy shit. Matter of fact, let me talk about Alicia Garza, um the co-founder of the Black Lives Matter now international movement that is, you know, well, known. um, she's known as pretty much an American civil rights activist. And she's a writer known for co-founding the international black lives matter movement, et cetera. So last year, uh, April the 7th on Twitter, um, black policy HKS, uh, that's their handle. They tweeted a quote from Alicia. And I was like, what the heck does this even mean? <laughs> and it just really solidified the fact that I just don't fuck with Black Lives Matter movement at this point in my life based on their causes and based on pretty much what their agenda is. And it's not, a, it's, it's a contradiction, right? It's a, it's a contradiction for those that started the movement in the beginning that put their lives on the line from jump um in Ferguson and from the beginning and were murdered for it and I just have my own perspective on it. If you want to support Black Lives Matter, I understand you can do whatever you choose to do. I'm not gonna shame you for it, but from what my standpoint is, is not it's not it, you know, it just isn't. So I'm going to read what she said. Current fight about reparations. 
uh, with American descendants of slaves isn't about reparations. It's historically inaccurate and unintelligent. It's about homophobia, xenophobia, and patriarchy. Not all Black people were enslaved, and we all experience racism. Now, <laughs> that was a lot, um, but here's the thing, right? When we say reparations for ADOS or Black Americans, we're literally talking about what is owed, right? From the U.S. government, due to our ancestors and us for putting in that work. We're owed something for being enslaved for hundreds of years. And for some reason, we're now making it about everybody else being excluded for some reason. This is the Black Lives Matter movement co-founder saying this shit. And she's saying that, you know, not all black people were enslaved, but they still face racism, which means if you're black, you're black, no matter where you come from. That whole idea that is thrown over left and right, regurgitated, and still makes no sense in regards of the context of what we're talking about here. So if you are Haitian, you should be talking to France about reparations, right? Whoever colonized your lineage, you deserve reparations. How many times do we have to keep saying this? <laughs> we're never saying that those who have been colonized don't deserve reparations. Like what, Again, what does that have to do with us? What we're talking about over here for what was what is owed to us specifically. And then you make it about everybody, this whole kumbaya, peace, love, unity. Oh my God, the flowers, the rainbows, and the unicorns. Guess what? America's not about that shit. That's not how America was fucking formed, <laughs> right? So it's not gonna be that way when we fucking demand our shit. Malcolm X said that, right? You gotta, it's not, we can't approach being civil, you know, like what's owed to us. How do we do that if that's not what was given to us? That's not how, that's not what we're, we're receiving currently in America, right? As black Americans, we're not being treated with civility. <laughs> so you really believe that that is how we're going to approach things? No, that's not how you approach white supremacy with flowers in your hand, you know, on some fucking Kendall Jenner shit, right? With a Pepsi or some shit. Like that is literally like what Black Lives Matter believe it to be. And it's like, yo, like, I'm sorry, but Alicia, you're way out of line for that. And also xenophobic. And then you talk about homophobic, homophobic and transphobic and all this, like, what, 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 what that, what does that have to do with reparations? Reparations belongs to everybody that is a black American, a descendant of slaves in America. Like, of course it would be anybody gay, straight, you know, whatever your identity is, it doesn't matter, cis, hetero or not. You're going to get your reparations, you know, like that you're not excluded from that. So what is she talking about? What is she talking about? Xenophobic. How how does us getting what's old to us specifically have anything to do with anybody, period? I don't care who you are. White, black, anywhere. Even if you're a white American. Right? 
What's old to us specifically is what's old to us specifically. And that makes us xenophobic. I would never fucking tell anybody else in the black diaspora what's old to them, you know, because Europe owes us a lot. But what's old to them due to colonization that they're xenophobic because I don't get it cut. What? That's literally what you're saying, girl. And you're about Black Lives Matter? No, you got shit twisted, sweetheart. Your shit has been infiltrated. And, hey. Hmm. Good luck. But it's ADOS over here. We know what we want. We know what we're after. There's no confusion about what we want and what we're fighting for. But it clearly seems to be a little uh, contradiction on your side. And it's not with us. So I'm sorry. But yes, Black Lives Matter. But I'm not necessarily down with the movement itself. I'm not. Because it's now shitted, now glitter has been shitted all over it. And it's all roses and daisies. But in reality, it has not really moved anything con- congressional wise. It hasn't done anything significantly where we're not, you know any longer being killed at a crazy rate due to police brutality. So we can march in the streets. We, those people are needed. Our voices are hurt, needed to be heard. I'm not taking that away, right? I'm not taking rioting away and none of that shit. Do what you got to do. But what I'm saying is we can't be preaching about male patriarchy in the black American community when we're fucking marching for something in regards of the opposite. Like Jamel Hill literally said... <laughs> I have been dealing with this in different forums for years. The one conversation we don't have in our community is about misogyny. No, we talk about misogyny. We talk about misogynoir. That's the fucking word you should be using. If you really fucking want to talk about misogyny, get it right. It's misogynoir, which is pertaining to black men specifically in the black community that are misogynist towards black women. This is a very specific issue here. So I'm still waiting for her to elaborate. Has she elaborated on that, on that, on that tweet? I don't know. Like, like someone said, (laughs) you know, so uh, someone said that doesn't change the fact that most black quote unquote supporters of Trump are men. They definitely want better access to something, but that also doesn't change how much and often white people, male or female have and had benefited from both supremacy and patriarchy. Mm. And I'm so glad that someone clocked this shit. It was another black woman. That was a black woman that wrote that, by the way. Another black woman responded in the thread. Black male voters did not produce a Trump presidency in 2016, and it won't in 2020. Jamel herself greatly benefited from the system reported reporting on an entertainment field riddled with patriarchy, but she didn't complain. Not fucking one when she collected that check, did she? Did she? But she was fucking gleeing in a, in a room full of men when she was getting that money, honey. Hmm. So what's the truth? What's the truth? Then someone said, another black woman said, but should black women's voices be in all places or no? We seem to humanize and add humor to things in a unique way. My girl said, absolutely, but we can't or she can't act as if she hasn't benefited from said system. The young black lady responded and said, so if I've worked in a male-dominated industry, 
Even though I was fired for being a single mom, passed up by less successful, less educated, less productive men, did I benefit it from did I benefit from it since I got a check while it was there? I have lost I have lost a thread. Yes, you have. Because unless you take all those checks away before you were fucking fired, or before you were fired for being a single woman, a black woman, a single black mom, then that then you would never have collected that check. So, huh? <laughs> and then my girl responded, she responded, she was like, I don't think you have, respectfully, we can try to quote unquote if and quote unquote but this, but the fact of the matter is that black men will not provide a Trump win, no matter, no, no more than a black woman will. Black men are the most disenf- uh, disenfranchised and harmed through white patriarchy. There we go. Let's talk about it. White patriarchy. That will always be number one. That is why black men will never fucking stem above that. As long as we have a system in place that keeps us bottom casted and keeps us from fucking gaining collective wealth and keeps us from fucking being uh, at the top percent, then what patriarchy are you talking about? Because from what my understanding is, black women that are spilling this shit literally don't look at numbers. They don't look at statistics. They don't pick up a book. They're just simply going with the fuck white supremacy is telling them based upon media. Stop looking at CNN. Stop looking on Twitter. And actually, you could talk about conversations, but statistically, you're not going to bump into a lot of black men that hold this idea. It's the idea that they have patriarchy. A lot of black men know their place. A lot of black men know where they stand in America, right? A lot of black men know it. All it takes is a fucking be an, uh, to be accused of raping a white woman and asses in jail for a very long time until proven otherwise. Black men understand where they fall in the category. And to have black women against black men, in a, in a general sense, is fucking trash. It's horrible. I'm not fucking caving into that shit. Yes, I fucking have been harassed by black men. Yes, I have fucking been verbally assaulted and even physically assaulted by black men. But... I'm not going to be like, oh, black men are the troubles for our fucking demise and we can't get anywhere because of black men and they just, they just keep raping us and shooting us. And it's just like, where are you getting the numbers though? From who? I'm pretty sure through a white gaze, a white lens, you, you are. And that's where you're getting your information, right? Right? Again, crimes that are committed in the black community are committed against black people majority because due to proximity, right? That goes for white people. That goes for Asian communities. That goes for Latin communities. Latinas, Latin women, are more prone to being raped or murdered by Latino men, right? It's about close proximity. This is how economics work. So the idea that, oh my God, black men are just killing us at a crazy rate. I, I want to know the numbers, I want to know the numbers and this is not me fucking y'all know this. This is not me fucking trying to gaze appeal to to the male viewership because I don't I have more women that follow me than men. Like, come on. Right? I'm I'm about I I I'm sorry that I fucking woke up and realized that we've been told a fucking lie this whole time. We've been fucking duped. We've been fucking stiffed. We've been fucking lied to this whole time. People, ladies and gentlemen, we have been lied to. We are not the issues of our demise. We are not the problem here. 
It's white supremacy. They're using every fucking technique in the textbook to fucking have us pin each other against each other. That way they can fucking rise to the top. While we're over here saying bickering and fighting over who fucking oppressed more, black men or, or, or black women, you got white supremacy in the background, key, 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 and laughing like, look at these Negroes. <laughs> They're falling for it. Oh my God. <laughs> now, I don't know who Bishop Talbert Swan is, but... He clocked her. He clocked Jamil on Twitter. All right. He clocked her. This was about eight days ago or about eight days ago. This happened on Twitter. Um, and he was like, in short, your experience with a limited number of black men does not equal, quote unquote, many black men. If a black man broadly painted, quote unquote, many black women with a broad stroke based on his limited experiences with a few the woman defending your tweet would be in an uproar. Is he not lying? Listen, we can't be like all oh, black men and they get mad when black men be like all oh, black women. You know, now I, I check people. I check black men still. I'm like, uh, not all of us. And then when it comes to black women, I'm like, uh, not all black men. That's, that's how I roll. Right. I'm always, I'm always mutual and when, when it comes to facts, okay, I'm always mutual when it comes to statistics and proof and data, 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 data. Let's, let's keep saying it. Data, <laughs> numbers. Let's keep talking about it. I'm not going, I'm not being brainwashed anymore by the fuck shit. This is, this is that talk. And then you have someone who, a, a lady, she's not even, she don't look black to me. The picture's black and white, but she don't look black, if you get what I'm saying. And she was like, why do we insist on tying patriarchy to white maleness? Ugh. Patriarchy exists even in societies in which the white maleness is indifferent. It is possible to discuss how patriarchy as a societal system manifests separate from, but with consideration of whiteness. And then Bishop responded. He was like, you cannot talk about patriarchy in America and separate it from white male patriarchy. Thank you. He then goes on to say to suggest otherwise it co is completely disingenuous. It is. He then goes on to say Jamil definitely meant that black men want access to white male patriarchy and the power and privilege that comes with it. Exactly. What else are we talking about then? <laughs> what else are we talking about? What does, what is the term patriarchy? What does it mean? We all know that it means obviously you're higher up and have Mobil upward mobility and accessibility and you run shit right black men don't run shit if they're the most if, if jail if prisons and jails are the most populated with black men in it if black men are disproportionately murdered in the hands of police brutality compared to black women then what is it like we, i'm gonna continue <laughs> i'm gonna continue Someone, Jerome was like, Jerome J. Haynes said, wait, she just told, she just told you it's from quote unquote, a lived experience. So you're defending her statements without it being universally accurate. You're doing a misjudged move, supporting this without researching yourself. Stop letting your favorite celebrities think for you and you do it. Uh, someone responded was like, I hate logical people. She said black men in her first statement. For her first statement to conform to what you're saying, she should have said, quote unquote, I have increasingly found that many black men who are around me and that I know just want better access to patriarchy. That's it. 
That's all she had to say. That's all she had to say, right? The people in her group and people around her, since she's specifically speaking on those black men, quote unquote, wanted patriarchy and wanted to be the voice, the big voice, the big top dog in the room. That's all she had to say. But she literally was just like black men. She, she literally clumped black men <laughs> as a whole to being this, this idea that they want to reign on the black community and reign on black women. Right. And, and you see this even when it came to Ice Cube and you have Vivica A. Fox and Selena Johnson and, 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 uh, what's her name? Um, uh, home girl from Real Housewives of Atlanta, you know, um, uh, sent, uh, what's her fucking name? Claudia Jor- Jordan. They attacked the man. I was like, oh no, but you didn't include black women specifically in your agenda. And it's like, he just, he wrote this shit a few months ago. Just give it time. He said he's open to fixing it. He's open to changing it. But, oh, we know what happens when it, like just all this like empty noise. It's just empty noise. You know, that's what it is. <laughs> and uh, somebody, Sarah Kar- Karim, uh, on, on, she's a black woman. She listed, she's like, please, please explain the behavior of the following. 50 Cent. Ice Cube, I don't know how Ice Cube got into fucking male patriarchy in regards of him trying to help ADOS, but okay. Um, Steve Harvey, Jim Brown, Kanye West, Ursha Walker, Terry Crews, Tim Scott, Daniel Cameron, Herman Cain, the late, Clarence Thomas, I could go on and on and on. She's literally listing celebrities, by the way. All these are, are male, black male celebrities that are rich, that have power systemically in that sense. Not in regards because they are black males over black women. It's because they have money, right? Wealth. That's it. But they, again, don't make the, the percentage when we're talking about a collective wealth. I said this earlier and in, 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 on this podcast, I, I said it. This is about collective wealth, not individual wealth. An individual power, right? So Bishop responded. He was like, what the hell do they have to do with the blanket statement that black men want to be white men? Literally. Are you going to cast, are you going to castigate all the black women for their actions, such as Candace Owens, um, Alveda, Alveda King, Diamond and Silk, Stacey Dash, Lynn Payton, Mia Love, Azalea Banks, and Tina Campbell. I don't know why you mentioned Azalea Banks, but you know. A lot of, a lot of people, black people, period, black men and women don't fuck with a zillion banks, but I do. And then he mentions Tina Campbell. I mean, I can even go on. <laughs> like there's a lot of, uh, of, of black women that fall in that same line, right? Of what you want to call quote unquote cooning or tap dancing for a dollar and fucking, and, and fucking over their other people in the process. Gail, Oprah, Right. You have a lot of other people that do this shit. Joy, Reed, all of them. Bishop responds and again uh, later on the thread. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just scrolling and reading. I actually, took a screenshot of all this. So he then was like, "Question: What type of patriarchy is it then that black men want access to, since already have access to black male patriarchy? Is it not a logical deduction that she means white male patriarchy and the power and access that comes with it?" That is, what else do you, how do you have an argument against that? Because that is what she's trying to say. That She's just not saying it because she knows her, her male, her white male counterparts are watching. She knows that. And again, her ass will be lit on fire again. So we got to shift the blame to black men. 
not white men, not white male patriarchy, but black men. And I'm going to somehow blame them for us being in the position that we're in. This is, again, white supremacy rhetoric. I mean, I already have my opinion about Jamel Hill and how she looks at, you know, black Americans as one, like, group of people that just needs to get up and just fucking travel and see the world and understand that we're quote unquote welcomed everywhere, such as places as Kenya, you know, the, the whole Pan-African ideology that we just need to get out and travel the world, but we're fucking broke, sis. Like, what do you mean? If that was the case, we all would have fucking just got up and traveled and see the world if we could have. But no, you being the fucking elitist, uh, lady that you are, you're telling us, you know, we could just, just again, pick ourselves up by our bootstraps and just fucking do it. You know, like that is that whole rhetoric, ideology, bullshit, nonsense. When you ignore the numbers and statistics and reasoning, when it comes to us being fucking in poverty, right? We can't even afford a fucking passport, let alone getting up and fucking leaving our state and traveling all over the world. Even my black ass know that after traveling to 37 countries. I'm not that fucking naive, but clearly they are. I don't know. And I'm pretty sure I've seen more countries than Jamel has. I'm pretty sure I've been to more countries than Jamel Hill has. I wanted to suggest something and I'll be link. I'll link it in, in the description box. You'll be able to see it. Um, Yvette Carnell. She interviewed the author of The Man Not, that is the name of the book, and I suggest everyone to read it. It's called The Man Not, Race, Class, Genre, and the Dilemmas of Black Manhood by uh, Dr. Tommy Curry. We'll learn a lot about each other and how the system fucked us over and how the system made sure that black men were the blame for our demise. And... She has an interview on YouTube on her YouTube channel, Yvette Carnell, one of the co-founders of the ADOS movement, who I fucking admire. She's my hero and someone I learned from. She has an interview with him. And I'm telling you, I've learned so much just from that interview. And even that interview itself made me check my ass and made me realize that, wow, I was really fucking programmed to believe exactly what they're uh, disputing. I was ignorant. I was like, wow, black men are the blame. There ain't shit. Black men ain't shit. Da, da, da. I used to have that fucking mentality. And I realized, no, it's not that. <laughs> no, it's not that. We need our black men to have a black movement. That is a fact. That is a fact. But people, you know, I already know, I probably have a few black women that are gr- grinding their teeth being like, eh, nope. But it's true. And, and, your feelings is irrelevant to logic. I keep telling that. Not just black women, but people, humans in general, in society. Your feelings is irrelevant to logic. That is, that is just what it is. Facts don't care about your feelings, does it? <laughs> that means you got to fucking dig deep into yourself and why you feel the way that you feel and unleash and unlearn and relearn what is meant to be. Because until we can do that, we're just going to keep going on in circles. We're going to keep pointing the finger and you know, that's it. But uh, uh, Dr. Tommy J. Uh, Curry, he's amazing. And he will lay out any rebuttal. He will lay out all the facts. And, and what I love about this uh, interview 
is that Yvette is taking calls and reading comments in the live section, in the live chat section of her YouTube channel while interviewing him and seeing black women already getting up in arms and trying to say is black black men pretty much want to be in prison. They want a free meal and a free cot, a free bed in a four by four uh, uh, box. What black man wants that? Matter of fact, let me just uh, pick up a sound bite from the interview with Yvette and interviewing, you know, obviously Dr. Tommy uh, Curry. I'm going to I'm going to insert that that sound bite that I was talking about. So here it is. I see this doctor, but I got some people in the chat uh, who are, who are just kind of going buck wild. Uh, somebody said, and I, and I just uh, black you black men are murdering black women in mass. Really? Almost that's like this is a genocide. So now, now, see that's but, but look, this is interesting, right? So and, and we'll we'll even use very popular data on this. So the claim is that black men are murdering black women in mass. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, I'm assuming that the person is talking about perhaps intimate partner violence. Yes. In any given year, so say from 2013 to 2016, even if you're looking at the Violence Against Women report that's released every year in this country, uh, the numbers in 2014 was 191 out of out of victims, killed black victims who knew their offenders, who were wives, common-law wives, ex-wives, or girlfriends. Okay. In 2015, the number was 211. Right? In 2014, the number was 216. There's over 20 million black women in this country. So then what does it mean to kill black women in mass in that context? Mm. You see, this is, again, this is the problem. The facts simply how, do, do, you do you not know how many, Do we know how many black men were killed? I'm sorry, say Do we know how many black men were killed? During those same years? In yeah. 2014, I think the number was like 109. Mm. 109, 110. Uh, but we see this even in the CDC data, the recent study that caused an uh, uproar a few, a few weeks ago. They used a sample size of 18 states. In 2014, 107 women died. That same year, 68 men died. So within any, in any given year, if you're talking about intimate partner violence or homicide, you're talking about a disparity that could go anywhere between 30 people up to 50 to 70 people. It just depends the year that you're looking at. Okay. But again, it's so important for people to understand that in any of these comparisons, if you add black men and black women together, the numbers often less than 350 or 400. That is not the mass genocide or homicide of black women by black men. In any given year, the UCR documents that black, that in terms of homicide, there are less than a thousand victims. Usually the numbers around 900 or 800, 800 or 900. Mm -hmm. So again, this is what I mean about context, right? This, and notice the move that the person in the chat is making. There is no evidence that supports this because overwhelmingly, black-on-black uh, -black crime, in quotes, which is just crime, uh, is male-to-male -male perpetrated. It is usually based on strangers. And that number, every year, black men usually die six to 7,000. Right? I mean, think about that. In terms of homicide, which is the number one killer of black men, ages 15 to 35, the number one killer is homicide. And we lose six to 7,000 black men a year. In that same data, you're looking at 800 to maybe 1,000 black men. But if you do 16 years, if you do, if you just do the CDC leading cause of death, homicide never comes up as the number one cause. It's, it's, it's from 15 to 24, it's the second, and after, after 2014, it's off to third, fourth, maybe fifth. Wow. So when these people make these claims about black men, and this is such an important point, when these women make these claims about black men, 
where are you getting the evidence for the stereotype which suggests mm. that black men's lives are fundamentally incompatible with the living of black women and black children? Ooh. Because the only other people who were making those kinds of arguments were white sociologists from 1950 to the 1970s. And this is what's so dangerous about reading, and this is, this is what I talk about in my book, this is what's so dangerous about reading black men based on these gender stereotypes that are masquerading this theory. And here's the There's thing. less than a thousand black women killed per year. So what's the genocide? Is this the assumption that black men are? Is the argument that black men kill seven thousand black men, but they're but they're but they're still targeting black women? What, what's the variability of crime? Is it what is it about these people that makes them believe that black men wake up and say because of patriarchy I should go kill women? Because I find it interesting. That's certainly not how patriarchy developed as a system. Woo! Patriarchy was paternalistic to women. It protected them so they could control their reproductive system, so that they could have more men. That's been the case for the last hundred years in the United States. Hello. So what model of patriarchy are these women claiming that black men are seeking to emulate? Now that, my friends, was a little bit of a taste of what that entire interview was about. Um, I just love my education. I just, I love when I'm even proven wrong. I do. I enjoy it. <laughs> because then I'm like, wow, okay. All right. Now I know better. Because listen, if you stay re if you stay ready, you ain't gotta get ready. But shout out to Sugar Free. All right. <laughs> he told us. And I highly suggest for people to watch it. And I highly suggest for people to read The Man Not. I really highly suggest it. Because our black men have been fucking duped, bamboozled. And so have we. <laughs> and so have we. So moving on, that is crazy, crazy y'all that I had went an hour <laughs> into that specifically, but it's not crazy. I can actually go in for another hour, but I do have other things on the list that I do want to talk about. So up next, we have Mindy Kaling. Mindy Kaling, where do we know Mindy from? Well. She was on the hit TV show, The Office, which is a fave of mine. She was in Ocean's 8. I liked her in that film as well. She was in Inside Out. I didn't see that film, but I did hear that it was good. Um, she was um, on Late Night. Didn't see that either. And she was also on her TV show, The Mindy Project. I seen the first season and I liked it. So let me just say this. From now, she's from Boston. She grew up in Cambridge. Shout out to Boston. Hey. But um, I don't hate the girl. So let me make myself clear. I don't, I don't hate the girl, but she is ignorant. She is ignorant and she doesn't know how to fucking read a room. <laughs> I'll, I'll start there, okay? I wanted to address this, you know, on my podcast because I did mention it on my Instagram story. But since my Instagram story disappears after 24 hours, a lot of people don't get to see a lot of my, you know, my point of views on things, which is fine. But I keep it that way because if I was to post most of the shit on my actual Instagram page, I would have been banned, blocked, shadow banned a long time ago, which is why I keep a lot of my things on my Instagram story in case a lot of y'all didn't realize that. But that's why is because if I had put everything that I've said and posted on my actual 
Instagram story onto my page, I would not have had an account by now. I promise you. Um, I learned my lesson with Twitter. And now that I'm banned from Twitter, I now know how to move. <laughs> so, well, a few days ago at this point, she posted a, 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 a picture on her Instagram page and her Twitter account rocking a yellow sweatshirt. And on the back of it, it read the following. Sojourner, Harriet, Shirley, Barbara, and Kamala. At the bottom, written in red letters, Kamala was in red letters and the other black American women were in purple letters, written in purple letters. So Kamala stood out on the sweatshirt with heroes, black female heroes on on the back of a sweatshirt. And on the front of the sweatshirt, it read, we're going to win. Now, <laughs> I have to first ask before continuing, who is we? Who is we? And I, I learned recently that Kamala Harris's sister made this sweatshirt. She actually has a whole apparel line um, in, in regards of rooting for Kamala Harris um, as vice president for this upcoming elections. And I don't know where the proceeds are going towards. I don't know what... what I know everybody likes to make t-shirts and shit. Shit, I'm about to start my own t-shirt line. But I'm trying to understand, like, where are the proceeds going towards if you're including Black American women that are heroes, actual heroes. <laughs> Literally, I'm not saying this figuratively, but actual heroes, okay? Especially Harriet Tubman. What is What are we doing, okay? Because if Kamala is against reparations for Black Americans, you know, those same black Americans that are listed on the back of that sweatshirt uh, that Kamala Harris's sister made to profit off of. How do you rock a sweatshirt with the lineage of my people that contributed to where we are today as a collective group in America as native black Americans, aka descendants of American chattel slavery. How do you get off from rocking a sweatshirt like that and put a Kamala Harris who locked up Negroes Okay. She didn't save Negroes like uh, Harriet Tubman did. She locked their asses up, which is against what the fuck Harriet Tubman would ever be about. So how do you put them in the same category? Because you so badly, I mean, Mindy's Indian, right? How do you so badly want to cheer on another Indian woman? Because Kamala Harris is an Indian woman. I'm going to keep saying that. How do you not read the room? Like, how do you not understand that Kamala Harris doesn't give a fuck about black Americans. And she made that very fucking clear, right? Or black women. I'm, I'm talking to my black girls. I'm talking to my black ladies. Shout out to us. But how do we rep, how do we cheer on someone that literally sat there and told us straight up, like, they're not for reparations. They're for, you know, immigration. They're for everything else but us us. And so badly, we want to anchor ourselves into her identity, her privilege. Kamala Harris has privilege. She has accessibility, right? Which I'm not shaming her for that. I'm not even shaming her for being Indian. Look, if, if she was for Black Americans, then she's for Black Americans, but she's not. I don't care what your ethnicity is, what your lineage is. If you're going to represent us as a people, then do that. 
but don't fucking pander and act like you really give a fuck about us when you really don't. <laughs> like reparations is a, a, a way of paying debt. Reparations is a way of honoring our ancestors, right? Since Kamala Harris want to fucking talk about us going to the polls as a form of us honoring our ancestors, bitch, you're not even one of us. You're not, you're not linked to us. Your ancestors is in India, right? So who are you to tell black Americans that us giving y'all, you, Kamala Harris, and Joe Biden a vote is us a form of way of honoring our ancestors when you don't even want to fucking give us reparations? You don't even want to give us reparations, which would be the best way, the best way to have us honor our, our ancestors, right? Because people like Harriet Tubman, and, and Shirley Chisholm and, Short, and, and Sojourner Truth, all these amazing black American women made it possible for us to be where we are today. They were a contributor to our success of where we are today. So for you to be like, no, nah, I'm not giving y'all reparations, including Barack Obama. No, because what about the other people? Listen here. All this shit is nonsense. People understand <laughs> That what you're looking at is whatever the fuck you're looking at. There's no, don't try to put yourself, you know, blindfold yourself into convincing that you're not seeing what you're seeing. Don't put your, both of your fingers, don't stick both of your fingers in your ear, both hands, don't put them in your ear and being like, la, 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 I don't hear you. Because that is what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a lot of us ignoring blatant fucking disrespect just because they so badly want a woman that looks like us in office. That is very fucking problematic. That is very troubling. And that is how you fucking remain stagnant, people. That is how we remain where we are today because Barack Obama's ass didn't fucking do shit for two terms for us Negroes. That's why we still wearing the predicament that we are. How the fuck are we poor and struggling if Barack Obama was the amazing best president in the world? Read. Oh, I, I don't want to read. But because he looked like us. No, Barack Obama was not African-American. Barack Obama was a, a, a white and, and Kenyan-American male who used us as pawns and to anchor himself in our identity to fucking reach out to everybody else. White folks, he has specific LGBTQ plus uh, policies. I love the community. Y'all know that. I'm not against the LGBTQ plus community, obviously. I have an older sister that's a trans woman. What I'm saying is, if you if you can make if you can write up specific policies and have it pass right through legislation, if you can if you can have that ability, due to what the fuck the, our voices are are shouting through the uh, being heard through the mountaintops, then how come you can't write in a policy for reparations? How come you can't write in a policy for us specifically? And Kamala Harris is literally only for her fucking people. And that is fine. But say that shit with your chest. Don't fucking sit here and act like you're for us. And oh my God, I love, oh, I'm a, I'm a stay tuned in for, I'm a speak with Cardi B. I'm a dance with Cardi B. I'm a fucking, uh, take a picture, a photo op with hot sauce. Disrespect shit. Like, yo, profiting off of fucking our culture and our lineage, and then in the same breath telling us that you're not going to do shit for us because of our, our lineage, because of the contributions that our lineage has provided for this country. And not only that, because of our lineage, we're able to fucking have immigration. We're able to fucking have 
a collective group of people of color and, and, and black immigration. Like, where the reason for that? So how the fuck do you turn around and say, oh, no, I'm not going to do anything specific for y'all? No, I'm not just going to do anything for just black people. No, but your sister want to fucking profit off of shit that includes only black women on a fucking sweatshirt and then put your name on the fucking bottom as if you did anything for the fucking black community besides fucking hurt us. Come on. All of this is a fucking disgrace. It's disgusting. It is vile. It is fucking intrusive. It is fucking smudging. It's smudging our fucking existence fucking step by step. And a lot of us are fucking blind to it. Mindy, didn't your brother literally fucking pretend to be black in order to fucking get into medical school? The article on CNN fucking wrote it. Huh? Again, using our fucking identity and profiting off of it and accessing our fucking wealth and accessing our fucking jobs, our job opportunities, education by pretending to be us and taking up space and spots that were meant for us and fucking lying. How is that not any different than a fucking white supremacist? How is that not anything different than a white person doing the shit? Because they're brown. All kinfolk ain't skinfolk. Y'all gonna learn. Well, speaking of uh, all skinfolk ain't kinfolk, let's dive right the fuck in when it comes to Beyonce getting hell for not posting her solidarity with Nigeria in a timely manner that they're dealing with. We know they're dealing with SARS, dealing with police brutality over there in Nigeria, unfortunately, right? So I stand in solitude with what's going on in Nigeria right now, but what's been going on in Nigeria for a while, right? The reason why I haven't posted much about it in, on my Instagram page is is for many reasons, actually. It's not just specifically to Nigeria, but it's for specifically the diaspora of pretty much is damned if you do and damned if you don't, right? And what I did was got myself mixed in with calling out the likes of Adele for appropriation um, in regards to Jamaican culture. And what I've seen or and received in, in regards of me being like, oh my God, Adele, you look crazy. Um, with the Bantu knots and, you know, the Jamaican flag uh, bra, uh, um, the Jamaican, she was wearing a, a bikini top and it had like the Jamaican flag on it and, and feathers. And she was dressed in carnival attire. I get it. A specific place in London that celebrates carnival for Caribbeans. Um, she was, you know, dressed in their attire. And according to them, she didn't appropriate. She appreciated. She showed appreciation. And so a majority of black Americans just simply laughed because like, who the fuck is this? Like, uh, Adele's okay. We laughed because whatever, that's what we do. <laughs> we laugh at everybody. We joke with ourselves even. So it was nothing personal necessarily. It was just like, wow, like Adele really fucking went there. Like she looks interestingly uh, odd with Bantu, tight ass Bantu knots at that. Um, people compared her to like Cynthia the doll from uh, the Rugrats, you know, Angelica's little doll from the TV show on Nickelodeon. And it was jokes. It was all jokes. And my goodness, did that welcome a plethora of 
black folks amongst the diaspora, not just Jamaicans and not just Caribbeans, period, but even Africans attacked our black asses. They were like, who the fuck are y'all to speak up for the diaspora? Y'all love putting yourselves in the front row and trying to critique and tell people what the fuck to do. Y'all asses need to worry about not being shot by the police. Y'all need to worry about fucking this, that, that, that. Stop worrying about what's going on over here. Da -da 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 -da. We're okay with it. This is in our culture. They ain't do nothing. White folks ain't do nothing to us. Like it was crazy on Twitter. Crazy. So after seeing that, even I mean, it was like it was like people used the mechanism of defending Adele, a white woman, as an excuse to fucking insult and degrade black Americans in our culture at the same fucking time. And we're like, yo, what what the f we don't even care like that. Like, we don't care, you know, the adult, like. We laughed and kikied and kept them moving. And then, like, we look online, we're like, yo, why are we being attacked? I thought, we thought we were fucking, at least some of us, including myself. I was like, I thought I was helping y'all out by fucking being like, yo, this white lady's really fucking appropriating y'all culture. I really did. I'm, I'm going to admit it. I was like, this is odd. This is weird. Because me being from Boston and growing up in a large community of, of Caribbean people, you know, in Africans, uh, after I, after like when I was in college, I didn't really see too many, uh, uh, continental Africans immigrating to Boston until I was like a teenage, you know, in my teenage years. So, you know, I, I didn't really see much of it. It was just, it was mostly Haitians. So Haitians and Jamaicans. So I was like, wow, they're really fucking pissed that we're like pretty much defending them. Like, I'm like, I guess. <laughs> so at that point, she was like, stop talking for us, stop speaking for us. I'm like, okay, bet. You got it. Right? You got it. You got that. I didn't, I didn't come back. I didn't, a lot of us didn't rebuttal. We were like, oh, fuck you and your culture. Fuck you. We didn't, we were, we didn't rebuttal with other xenophobic views but we sure got the xenophobic views we sure got it we got the whole you're lazy y'all this y'all that y'all think y'all the shit y'all think y'all can speak for us y'all we got the whole fucking shania over fucking adele and so from that moment moving forward i said to my people that follow me i said listen here I'm no longer fucking going to be speaking on other people's issues. I'm just not doing it no more. Not after that shit. I'm not doing it. I, I, you know, spiritually, I stay in a solitude and I feel bad what's going on across the diaspora, period. Not just in Nigeria, but period amongst the diaspora. No matter where you're from, I stay in a solitude with you because obviously we know black Americans know firsthand what the fuck it feels like to be attacked by police, you know, brutality and, and enduring that shit for, for decades, right? So why the fuck would we fucking not care what's going on with other our other fellow brothers and sisters amongst the diaspora that they're dealing with the same shit that we're dealing with? The only difference is we didn't fucking make fun of y'all for that shit. We didn't make fun of the 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 our our brothers and sisters amongst the uh, the black diaspora for fucking being shot and killed in the street due to police brutality. But we sure fucking got that shit. We sure got it from our fellow brothers and sisters amongst the, the black diaspora that we were being shot and killed as a fucking rebuttal for fucking being in solitude against white supremacy and, and take and, and white people that are using our culture and smudging it as a form of celebration. But anyways, so when it comes to Beyonce, on October 22nd, 2020, recently, <laughs> um, 
BBC.com News in Africa said, Why Nigerian protesters want Beyonce to be more like Rihanna? <sighs> okay. Rihanna, Kanye West, and Nicki Minaj are among the many celebrities who have come out to support protests against police brutality in Nigeria. But protesters hit out when Beyonce spoke up. Why? Protesters against police brutality say that on Tuesday night in Lagos, men in in army fatigues closed in on them and shot at them while they sang the national anthem, something the army denies as quote-unquote fake news. The irony struck a chord across the world. South African comedian Trevor Noah said, just like we've seen in the U.S., the police in Nigeria are responding to protests about police brutality with more police brutality. Fair. A host of international A-lists of celebrities showed their support for protesters. Rihanna tweeted a picture of a blood-soaked Nigerian flag, and she hashtagged it, and SARS. And then she said, I can't bear to see this torture and brutalization that is continuing to affect nations across our planet. It's such a betrayal to the, to the citizens. The very people put in place to protect are the ones we are most afraid of being murdered by. My heart is broken. That's as much as I can read because like I said, I'm banned from Twitter, y'all. So I can only <laughs> see so much. Um, Nicki Minaj tweeted, um, she said, standing with and praying for the brave young people in Nigeria who are on the front lines of this senseless violence. Their voice is being heard. Hashtag end SARS. And then Beyonce's statement came through her charity. Be good. She said, I am heartbroken to see the senseless, senseless brutality taking place in Nigeria. We are collaborating with coalitions to provide emergency health care, food, and shelter. Right? To our Nigerian sisters and brothers, we stand with you. Please visit Beyonce.com for a list of organizations to show your support. Someone then quoted and said, who told Beyonce that we are hungry? Ay. <sighs> I mean, protesters that are out all night, you know, fucking marching and fucking running from bullets. Like, who the fuck wouldn't be hungry during such times? Like, even here in America, we have people that donate food and water and and uh, and, and kits of, you know, bandages, everything. You name it, you're going to need during a fucking riot protest, right? So, I don't know how someone... And I'm pretty sure a few others took what she said and then twisted it and made it seem like what Nigerians are in need of food in, in, in general. Like what, what did they take out of context from her message of saying, we're, we're, we're helping in every lane. We're helping to provide everything. You see what I'm saying? Damned if you do, damned if you don't. So then the sentiment was echoed by a skincare vendor, Mercy. I'm going to butcher the last name. Ehimare? It's literally spelled E-H-I-M-A-R-E. All right. They quoted and said the following. Can somebody tell this woman we are not hungry? We need support to fight for our existence. What the fuck do you think she's doing then? Like what? Oh God. This is what I'm talking about. This is exactly why I fucking didn't, didn't post anything. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry because it's, 
Even if you post in solidarity, it's how you did it. It's what you said. Anything, no matter what. And this, and this hate is only coming towards black Americans. Rihanna's not a black American. She's from Barbados, right? Nicki Minaj, yeah, she's American, but her lineage is from Trinidad. She's a Caribbean. Those two ladies are Caribbean, American. So, oh, it's the black American that's the issue. The black American that's actually doing something, not just posting a tweet or a little post like Rihanna and Nicki Minaj. I don't know what they're doing, but we know for a fact that Beyonce is actually contributing something. And then some people are twisting that and making it about, oh, we're not hungry. Oh, you black Americans think we're poor over here. Oh, like it's becoming like a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation, no matter what the fuck you do. Right? Tweeters were offended that Beyonce appeared to assume they were poor. What? This is projection. This is what I call projection for protection. This is what I call projection of, well, we have this stigma that black Americans view us as being poor. So even when they actually try to help, when we ask for it, we're still going to accuse them of looking at us as being poor. Then it says, then it reads, that certainly wasn't how the Nigerian press described the people who started the protests online. They often are said to refer to them as social media influencers. In the earlier days of the protest, the BBC's Nunduka Orijinmo, I'm sorry if I'm butchering these names, I really apologize, described the people marching on the streets as, quote-unquote, mostly comfortably off young people, some with dyed hair, pierced noses, and tattooed bodies. I don't know what the fuck that has anything to do with how people in Nigeria are protesting, but okay. Um, BBC Nigeria correspondent Mayini Jones notes that while now she is now seeing a more socially mixed crowd at protests in Lagos, the people who started the protests online were quote-unquote middle-class kids. Ain't that something? Does that sound familiar? They were people like media strategists, Renu Oduola, who had persuaded other protests to spend the night outside government house in in Lagos on 7th October, on the 7th of October. (sighs) So at this point, the protesters only really wanted their message against police brutality amplified. (laughs) Hypervisibility. As if we're not experiencing police brutality in America as it is, but okay. So she took the time out, right? Her people are being killed in the streets right now, but she took the time out to reach out to other people in the black diaspora to help, not just from a post, but financially in in contributing food, help, aid, everything, right? Which is needed. Beyonce has more than 15 million followers on her personal account, her personal Twitter account. A tweet from that account would reach a lot of people, but they were left frustrated says a commenter on Beyonce's post who points out that she only supported protests on her charity account. What the fuck more do you need? (laughs) If it's on her charity account, which is direct, what more do you need? I'm confused. I'm, I'm, I'm confused. So this, this lady, her name is, um, D-O-R underscore GD. She said exactly. She couldn't even post that on her main 
Twitter account that has more than 15 million followers for the, for the message to reach more people. What are other people going to do that y'all can't do in your own government that y'all can't already do? How big is Nigeria and how small is black and is black America? Look at the numbers, people. What can we do besides hypervisibility? If, if people can't have that hope that have that same energy towards their own government official, which is causing the destruction, destruction, not us, not how we're posting, not how visible our posts are in solitude, but it's actually what's going on in your country, right? So she then goes on to say, but when it comes to profiting off of black people and Nigerians, she will be the first. And this is why we told Beyonce's black ass to fucking stop doing this whole solidarity pan-Africanism shit. Because damn if she does, damn if she don't. This is why she just needs to stick to fucking black American culture. I'm sorry. But until we fucking come to a conclusion that we're not the problem, then we're not going to get anywhere in, solid, in, in solidarity. That is a fact. Because look what, look what I'm saying. This is, this is nothing compared to what I've seen. I've seen some horrible shit that was said, not just towards Beyonce, but black Americans, period. In the name of fucking going after Beyonce. So... This is a deeper level of the diaspora wars that makes no sense. And I'm, I'm still trying to understand where this hate and this and animosity is coming towards when it comes to us, because nobody's holding that same standard, right? Towards black celebrities or people of color that are celebrities in places like South America, Asia, or the Caribbean or anywhere else. But America, woo, y'all need to fucking do, y'all need to, y'all need to do it this way. Y'all need to say it this way. Y'all need to, no. How do you police how someone helps you? Like, how do you have the audacity <laughs> to be like, oh no, no, we don't need food. We need you to just fucking say, you know, I stand in solitude, which is what she said, and that's still not enough, right? <sighs> I'm just like, again, this, is, this proves my point. Like, no matter what people do, no matter what people say, you know, when Beyonce came out with Black is King, we already knew that there was going to be some fucking issues. Even though she worked beside Africans in that project, and she, she didn't keep any of the money, by the way, for um, Black is King, right? She didn't keep any of the money. If anything, she lost money because people weren't fucking with it like that. And... She literally got help for that. And people was like, don't fucking speak on African culture. Don't do this. Don't do that. And I was like, I agreed. I was like, I agree. Right? Because African culture is not monolithic, just like black American culture is not monolithic. Like, like we are different. <laughs> I've been saying that. We're different. We have different experiences. We have different cultures. We have different languages. We have different food. We dress differently. We have different dialect. We have different history, everything. But people love to throw that whole, we're all black. No, we are, well, racially, we're black, but ethnicity-wise, lineage-wise, we're not the same. Literally, like literally, we're not the fucking same. So for Beyonce to jump her ass over there, and create a whole project that was pretty much damn near that flunked um, on both ends and then have people turn around and being like, oh, well, we don't, we don't like how Beyonce is helping us. Beyonce just needs to just not, you know, say anything or do anything. 
And then when these same people in Nigeria are asking for our hypervisibility, are asking for us to use our hypervisibility to help their hypervisibility of their oppression, we're not doing it right. Or you're not saying enough. Or you're not speaking out at all. What's wrong with you? I thought we were all in this together. I thought we were all monolithic. I thought we were uh, the. I thought we were Pan Africanism. I thought, like, what do you want from us? Like Tyrese said, "What do you want from me? What do you want from me?" <laughs> but it's true. Like, again, it's damned if you do and damned if you don't situation. Because in the end, in the end. Those people that are speaking, not all, but those specific Nigerians that are speaking hate black Americans, period. No matter what you fucking do, no matter what you say, we're going to get the fucking end of it. And, and I don't know what it is. I, it has it either it has to do with, you know, our hypervisibility, that we're the shit. I don't know what it is. I really don't. I want someone to fucking tell me. Because in America... We're fucking struggling and we're trying to focus on our shit and we're trying to get put, pick, what do they say? Pick our asses up by the bootstraps. We're trying to, we don't ask for shit. Let me say that. Black Americans don't ask for help from the diaspora because we're fucking doing it ourselves. That is due to 400 years of oppression in this country. We've done everything for ourselves. We have Black Wall Street. We have the Civil Rights Movement, the Immigration Act. We did everything for our fucking selves. We overcame, we overcame a lot and we didn't ask nobody for fucking hell, ne- nor did anyone in the, in, the, in, in the black diaspora come to save our asses during slavery. But let's not talk about some of the Nigerians that actually were responsible for us to be in the predicament that we're in, in slavery, and sold us off to the fucking white folks and brought our asses here in America in, in to begin with. But we don't want to talk about that though. But now we're fucking asked to fucking contribute. And then when we do, it's not done the right way. So what is the problem? What is the problem? Listen, I gave the same energy when it came to that whole blackout post thing on on social media, when it came to, you know, the police brutality that was going on here in America. And we have this whole thing of don't post anything today. Just put a black box on your social media page. I'm like, what the fuck is that going to (laughs) do? Like, what, what what will that do? So again, Awareness is a beautiful thing, but if your people, including mine, all right, aren't doing the work, the real work, that social media post of being in solidarity is just going to be another post of just simply being in solidarity. That's it. It's not going to affect your government change. It's not going to affect anything. So I'm not understanding how people are using this technique as an excuse to belittle black Americans as to how we're showing solidarity when that is not the issue here, right? Your issue is, is systemic, just like our issue here is systemic, right? And uh, for 400 years that we've been in this country, we've dealt with a lot and we're still here. And we still fucking fix what we need to fix without asking for help because that's how we roll. All right. Thank you for solidarity for Black Lives Matter. But Black Lives Matter is not just explicit to black Americans. As I've said in the beginning of this podcast, we now include everybody. Not just black people, but everybody. (laughs) 
Okay. So I'm not understanding where this whole thing of just like Beyonce, this Beyonce didn't do that. Beyonce, Beyonce girl, just takes a black American culture. You're black. You're a black American. And you, you, you sell records where you make black American music and people buy it. I don't care either way. You know, what, how much she makes is irrelevant. You know, she is participating in capitalism, but I'm just saying she's still going to profit. She's still going to be Beyonce at the end of the day. Anyways, Beyonce, girl, you did what you had to do. You showed support. You showed solidarity. You did your job. Ignore the haters. That, that's what it is. Those people that are loud are haters. And I'm gl- also glad to see other um, Nigerians that were correcting those people that were salty that, that, that Beyonce is not to blame. So shout out to y'all. Shout out to the allies. I love y'all. That ass. We see y'all. But the other people that are hating and, and causing, you know, this division for what? I don't know. Nah. Well, up next, we're going to talk about voting. And I'm going to make this very quick <laughs> because uh, tomorrow is, well, the last day to vote. So um, I just want to say, you know, hey, for those who haven't voted yet and hear this or even after <laughs> November 3rd, you know, do what you believe is best for you. and. I'm not going to tell anyone how to vote, but I just simply give my opinion. And if that means I come off as being judgmental, if you don't vote the way I vote, my apologies. But um, like I said, I'm I'm an independent voter, so I'm not on either side of the coin uh, when it comes to white supremacy. And yeah, so that's, that's my um, point of view of it. And also people... Voter shaming is, well, it was at its all-time high, um, you know, in the past uh, few months that have passed by, and I don't know. I just feel like a lot of people are afraid, and we're not using our common sense and our education um, and informing ourselves enough to do all this voter shaming. And the comments on Instagram, it is insane. Like, I've never (laughs) seen Black people literally attack other Black people if they don't vote for Joe Biden. And it's very odd to me because even if you take Donald Trump out of the equation, none of that is necessary. Like, because we have a bigger issue here. Like, our presidential elections is not the end all be all, you know, voting for a president is just one tool in the toolbox. We have other tools that we have to use to dismantle the system and believing that choosing a president should be our most concern, um, for black people. Um, when our voices haven't been counted for, for decades, you know, it's just very, um, scary to me. Um, which is why I just, I've unfollowed so many people because of it. Like the voter shaming is just like crazy because let me say something, because let me tell you after November 4th, a lot of these people aren't going to be caring about 
politics, let alone a lot of people don't even understand how politics work, but yet want to vote a shame. And I'm not understanding, you know, how that works because I've had people tell me like, oh, I don't know much about politics, but you better vote for Joe Biden because Joe Biden, we need to, you know, he's going to get Trump out and Trump is going to call. It's like, what are you talking about? You know, I can tell when people at least understand the basic fundamental of how, you know, (laughs) politics work and those who just regurgitate and repeat the same thing that someone else has said, because when I go into specifics, they start to gaslight me, they insult me and, you know, all types of crazy stuff and call me a Trump supporter. And I'm like, Trump has nothing to do with this conversation. (laughs) Like, I just be like, listen, again, majority of black voters voted for Hillary. And, uh, well, see how that turned out. Um, but also want to talk about Lizzo because I'm just going to transition into, you know, this topic of discussion because, uh, people like Lizzo who are pandering like crazy, we know they're getting a cut of a check. We know that we know they're getting paid. Right. So that is not really the issue here. It's just more so of like how people don't see it. (laughs) Um, and Lizzo has been you know, get on my nerves a little bit, just a little bit, um, to the point where I had to unfollow her because she was doing the most and it has something to do with her size. Again, like I told y'all, listen, <laughs> I just don't want to see people shaking their asses, period. Anymore on my timeline, every post is just like, okay, you know, that's why I unfollowed, um, Megan Thee Stallion because I was just like, I'm just tired of seeing her tongue sticking out and drinking alcohol and bouncing her ass cheeks. Like what else? (laughs) Like what else? And this is what I mean. I came to the point in my life where I'm like, I don't really need to know about celebrities' lives. Like I don't need to know everything about your personal life. I'll just support your music, play your music, and that's it. I don't need to hear what you have to say in regards of, Cause you make over $400,000 a year. So I don't need to hear what you got to tell me, you know, in regards of who to support, who to vote for, et cetera, et cetera. I don't need you to do any of that. You, you, you indulging in capitalism, you, you good regardless. (laughs) So yeah, I don't, I don't need a celebrity to tell me what to do, period. But, um, so unless you have a policy or an agenda written up like ice cube, then I'll respect you. I'll respect your opinion, whether I agree with it or not. I'll at least respect the fact that you have something to make America, black America better, but you don't, you just, you're just talking about the same shit over and over again. Vote Joe Biden, vote Kamala Harris, vote Joe Biden. Okay. What else? Well, what do we do after that? What is, do you know what policies are? Do you know how they work? Do you know what's in his policies? No, if you're not talking about that or even talking about the importance of vote, voting state and local and for initiatives, then why should, no, leave me alone. Get out of here. So um, Lizzo posted, um, she posted, was it last Wednesday? And she has a caption that read, this is a huge deal. 40% of Americans did not vote in 2016. 
how can this country be 100 that bitch if we're missing 40% of our eligible voters? <sighs> well, Lizzo, there's voter, you know, oppression. There's, you know, people that have been locked up and that now don't have a right to vote, you know. Um, there's plenty of places where people don't feel comfortable or safe to vote, you know, in a white supremacist area, you know. I mean, we see how Trump supporters are literally preventing bus loads of Joe Biden supporters to go to the polls by blocking them off and whatnot. So we see what's going on. There's reasons why people don't vote, especially if they're not encouraged to vote for something that they know won't bring a change. The point is to not voter shame. The point is to ask, why are we getting policies that makes a change? We're not the issue. It's the actual government. So if people are being told by, you know, government officials and by candidates that, hey, I don't, I don't have anything for you. Come talk to me after I get in office. Then we'll talk. No, <laughs> you can't do that. You got to have something for us because, again, voting is pretty much about getting something in exchange, right? It's transactional. So if you're not going to give me a policy that will directly affect my community, then why am I voting for you? I'm not, you know, you can show up to the polls and you can vote against or you can vote for a candidate, right? So me voting against the idea that I'm no longer going to support two parties that literally don't give a crap about my people, how am I the bad guy? How am I being voter shamed for that? By holding the by holding the government accountable. For once, that's what we have to do. We have to be independent voters at this point. We have to start thinking for ourselves. And because until we, you know, can do that, they're just going to use our votes to do whatever the fuck they want to do with other agendas and other policies that don't include us as a whole. That is literally what's been going on for 50 plus years. So I don't know what makes that, you know, turn people into like a monster. When I say that, it's like, they just shut down. They're like, I don't want to face the truth. I don't want to face the music yet. I don't want to acknowledge the realism of the fact that, hey, it's the system that's the issue here that we have to dismantle it completely. We have to break this whole thing down. You know, we can't keep covering, you know, more dirt over more dirt over more dirt. No, we got to dig the whole thing out from the root. We can't keep covering white supremacy. We have to erase it. So, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be a sheep, <laughs> you know, and just settle and just take crumbs. And, and uh, that's not my personality. So I'm damn sure not going to show up to the polls and act that way. I did vote, by the way. Um, so, hey, God bless you. And Lizzo, yeah, girl, all these props and dressing up and American flags and liberty and, you know, cute hairstyles and making cute songs about voting. And that's cute. That's the glitter part of, you know, <laughs> elections. But the real work is after November 4th. And we'll see how active you and other people that were celebrities that were pandering like crazy 
what let's see what work y'all doing because i'm pretty sure a lot of y'all are voting for donald trump behind the polls i'm pretty sure especially if you live in california new york huh y'all don't want them taxes i know but um yeah so moving on jennifer hudson courtney jackson wrote an article in a red singer and oscar winner jennifer hudson is undeniably talented after her turn as a finalist on American Idol in 2004, her career took off in music and film. She earned an Academy Award for her performances as Effie in Dreamgirls. We are Dreamgirls. Um, proven that she has a knack for movie musicals as Grizabella and Cats. Oof, that movie. Mm-mm. Hudson nailed memory, but she landed the role of a lifetime as Aretha Franklin and the movie Respect, which I will be seeing. She's not the first actor to tackle the Queen of Soul on screen, and two projects are scheduled to hit the market within months of each other. Hudson recently shared her thoughts about it. Jennifer Hudson stars in one up-and-coming Aretha Franklin story, originally slated for a summer 2020 release, and then Christmas, the MGM-backed Respect biopic starring Hudson has been pushed back to January 2021. While she's playing Franklin, Forrest Whitaker, Mary J. Blige, Marin, Marlon Wayans, Audra McDonald, Heather Heatley, and Titus Burgess are also in the cast. Come on, Ados cast. Okay. The story focuses on Franklin's early career and her tumultuous marriage to Ted White Wayans. Wayans, that's who's playing Ted White. Um, prior to her death, Franklin participated in the film's development which took years to bring to fruition. After Hudson's performance of Young, Gifted, and Black at the BET Awards, MGM is hoping to rose public interest in the movie and is aiming for Oscar season. Ooh. Can you imagine her winning an Oscar? I'm here for that. Um, Because I know she's going to kill it. But um, according to Hudson's interview with Entertainment Weekly, she spent six months learning how to play piano and study Franklin's movements in parlance to prepare for the undertaking, who y'all know I can't stand. It's also in Aretha Franklin tale. Over at National Geographic, Cynthia Revo is playing Franklin in an eight-episode TV series called Genius Aretha. Initially, this too was supposed to air in summer 2020, but the pandemic halted production. Filming resumed three weeks ago, but stopped again in October 20th, due to a positive COVID-19 test. Now, see. In a press release, Nat Geo tooted the out- outing as the first and only authorized script bio- biographical series on Aretha Franklin's life. Warner, Bro- Warner Music Entertainment, Ron Howard, the Clive Davis are a part of the team behind the project, Genius Aretha, will also explore Franklin's childhood, talent, in various defining moments in her career. In addition to Erivo, Courtney B. Vance, um, Pauletta Washington, Malcolm Barrett, T.I. Ugh. The day, oh yeah. I wasn't going to watch this shit anyway. I'm definitely not watching it now. And David Cross are in the cast. With the delay, this installment of National Geographic Anthology is projected to to drop in 2021. Oh, it's on Nat Geo. It makes sense. (laughs) It makes sense. Uh, Jennifer Hudson shared her thoughts on Erivo's Aretha Franklin project. Now, this is a tea. When speaking on Entertainment Weekly, Hudson expressed her admiration for the late singer and shared her excitement about the film. 
Asked about the Nat Geo um, miniseries, she noted how Franklin felt about her upcoming movie without speaking about Erivo directly. She says, I know that Aretha was adamant that her life to be a film. If it's not a film, it's nothing. I'm just honored that she picked me to play her. I mean, who can say that? And again, I would have never done it without her wishes. Ooh. She's referring to conversations with Franklin about the biopic. One of Franklin's close friends, Harvey Mason, seemed to echo that sentiment. Mm. In 2018, he told the Detroit uh, Free Press that for respect, Franklin envisioned Hudson in the role. They both sang with a lot of emotion. They both sang with a lot of range and power. And they're both ADOS. It's really hard to compare anyone with Aretha, though. I think the good thing about Jennifer is that was Aretha's pick to play her. There was a lot of discussion about a lot of people, but Aretha was adamant that it be Jennifer Hudson. Now, see? <laughs> this, is, this is why it's important, right? To have people that are part of a lineage in history to play those people. And this is why I keep telling y'all why films like Harriet, films like Fred Hampton, that shit's gonna flunk, Films like Selma, films that are a part of our legacy and history should only be played by us because that is our history and lineage. That is, we know the life. We know what it's like to grow up in America as a black American and the struggles for years and decades. We know our shit. We know ourselves. So when you have people like Cynthia Revo, who disrespected ADOS, who disrespected our lineage, who disrespected our culture, continuously still want to play our roles of our figures, right? And disregard our fucking feelings about it. I want, no, I'm not going to have respect for you. No, I don't want to hear no whataboutisms, period. If you don't respect what we want and how we feel, then no, you don't get to play us, period. Especially Cynthia Revo. all right? Who literally was like, well, she couldn't even answer how she related to uh, Harriet Tubman. You know what she said? Well, I was, I'm sure just like she was. And, you know, us short girls got to like, you know, we, we have to fight harder than everybody else because we got we to gotta, we gotta show that we're strong. That bullshit. What the fuck does your height have anything to do with a legend such as Harriet Tubman? She don't know anything about our culture. She just knows what's taught to her through the white supremacy, like ideology, through entertainment, from what she observes on TV. Like you can have all these degrees. You can have all this proper, you know, education and in, in acting. You can have formal, actual, like, ability to act. But that don't mean I will feel your character. I will feel your role playing Ados, a historical figure such as Aretha Franklin. Right? No. And I'm glad that Jennifer Hudson was like, well, from my understanding, I got the approval from Aretha herself. So I am the only one that matters. My project is the only one that matters. And she's goddamn right. Because you actually have cast, ma cast uh, members on, on Let's Play um, Respect, in the movie Respect, that are talented. Not no goddamn T.I. bullshit on that Geo and all this crazy. No, we don't need it. Sorry, but we don't need it. We don't need it. We don't need her story of her childhood being told through someone that disrespected her lineage. Cynthia Revo. All this whine and crying. Oh, why can't we just all get along? Why can't we all just why? As long as the story's being told, I don't get it. No. Well, now we're off that. Save that shit. Now, now, save it. Save it. <laughs> save it, yo. Like, we're not, we're not doing that whole thing again. 
Either you respect how we feel about it or you just don't. And either way, nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. Right? Like I said numerous times on this podcast, people are going to start respecting our shit. They're going to start respecting us, period. Our culture, our identity, our existence, our struggle, everything. People are going to start respecting ADOS. And that's just it. We're not, we're not falling on our backs and letting people stomp all over us and telling us to hush. We're not doing any of that anymore. Nope. So good for you, Jennifer. You were right. I don't see anything wrong with it. All right. So moving along. White allyship. I'm just going to make this one quick too. So when it came to uh, Mindy rocking that sweatshirt on her Instagram page, I looked at the comments and there were a lot of white women that were like, oh, I love the color of this sweatshirt, girl. Oh, where can I buy it? Oh my God. I love it. And at that point, I was just like, wow. <laughs> I was just like, amazing. Like, people really don't even know how, like, bad that is. Like, you want to support, you know, womanhood. And this is why feminism, to me, is toxic. Because, white feminism especially, because you, a lot of white feminists don't read the room. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't understand the struggles of black womanhood, right? They just don't, right? They can learn, but they will never understand it. So to see names on the back of a sweatshirt, such as Harriet Tubman and Soldier of Truth and, you know, our people, and then wanting to rock it because it's cute, but not understanding that the same person that's representing that sweatshirt Kamala Harris at the bottom of that sweatshirt is against the idea of giving black women specifically what's owed to us. Come on. You know, and I, it better not be no white person telling anybody how to fucking vote, especially it's not black people's job to get Donald Trump out of office. Let me make that clear. It is not our fault. We didn't vote him in. We didn't give him the majority of numbers, right? It was white women. It was, it was white men. You know, it was y'all. So don't try to tell us how to fucking vote. Don't try to tell us, oh, we got to get him out of office. No, we ain't got to do shit because we didn't put him in. We ain't got to do that. Allyship is not looking at us for shit, period. Allyship is knowing the position that we're in, right? Knowing that the structure of the system has put us in the fucking bottom and that we don't have a dog. We don't have a, a dog in this fight. We don't. So I'm tired of, of folks looking at us like we're supposed to rescue every fucking body, period. In the black diaspora, white supremacy, everybody's looking at us. Poor little black Americans looking at us to fucking unravel everything. But nobody comes to save us. Allyship is understanding the position that a group is in and helping, not trying to fucking blame them. That's not allyship. And I'm seeing a lot of it. Chelsea Handler, all these people. No, you don't get to tell us how black we are if we don't vote a certain way. That deserve, you deserve a smack. Seriously. To say some shit like that. 
You're not black if you don't vote this way. You're not this if you don't vote this way. You're not th Who are you? Who are you? Understand what agents of chaos look like, y'all. And understand what allyship looks like. Shit like that, that's not allyship. That's not an ally. All right. If anything, again, white people and black people, we can have discussions about politics, but what you're not going to do is, is fault us for anything. If, if Donald Trump wins, it's still not our fault. It's still not our problem. Still. It's still not our fucking problem. Right? Because as long as white supremacy exists, none of that shit is our problem. None of it is our fault at all. I don't care what black person votes for Donald Trump. We still don't make up the majority. And we won't. People vote based upon who they want to vote against and who they're voting for. Some people are voting for Trump just because they don't want Biden in. Some people are voting Biden in because they just don't want Trump in. That's voting against, right? And for your interest. In order to have something for your interest. That is your, that is your choice. Doesn't mean you support Trump necessarily. But you, want, you don't want Biden, you know, Jim Crow Joe in office or Kamala Cop Harris. And I understand that. Just how I understand how people want to vote for Joe Biden to get Donald Trump out. Because you don't want, because people believe that Donald Trump is the only white supremacist running office. I don't know why. Hey, any white man that's in office with a certain amount of money has leverage in white supremacy. And nobody wants to admit that. I don't know. I guess people really look at Joe Biden as his angel, which is unfortunate. but. We're fucked either way in that regards, right? When it comes to white supremacists, we're fucked either way. So what is the next issue? You got to keep going down that line. You got to keep going down that line. Next thing in line should be policies. Joe Biden armed protesters and voters. You know, Joe Biden said some shit that really made me go, hmm. <laughs> he just doesn't want us to, you know, be violent and, and destruct things when we're protesting. We need to stop it. Does that not sound like Donald Trump? Like, is that not the same rhetoric? Pretty much like black people don't have the right to tear this country apart due to injustice over and over again. Stay at home. And what do you, and what do people think that's going to look like if Joe Biden gets in office? Again, nothing is going to change because they still hold the same values. Joe Biden is no different than Donald Trump. That's pretty much what I'm saying. He isn't. Joe Biden is a conservative. He don't want us to smoke weed legally. He don't want any of that. I mean, this is why state and local uh, voting is important, right? Until we can dismantle white supremacy completely, then we're going to deal with fighting and bickering over, you know, a white man that's not as racist as the others. <laughs> that's That's it. And I'm not for that, so... Again, I'm for dismantling the system completely and we're working on it, you know, we're working on it. We're working, we're trying to figure out ways of how to get the government to hear us and us not giving a vote without an exchange, um, a policy in exchange is a start that this is our moment. That was our moment to be like, nah, like we, we, we own the Democrat party. And so give us something. <laughs> And if we would have together made that stance, we would have gotten something. I really believe it. I really feel like we would have gotten something if we stuck together as a whole community and was like, 
we're not giving you our vote unless you give us something in exchange. They would have had no choice but to buckle in, right? Because I don't know what they're going to do when uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris is in office. I know what Donald Trump is going to do. He's going to be Donald Trump. He's going to do the same shit he's been doing in the last four years, you know? But, you know, us having a new start and the ability to have a Dem in party, um, a Democrat in, um, in office, we, I feel like we kind of blew it because we didn't hold them accountable. And that was our only job to do was hold the Democrat Party accountable. But no, we're fighting each other about how to vote and why not to vote for Donald Trump and why to vote for Joe Biden. And meanwhile, policies are being made behind our back as we speak and as we're arguing and nobody's questioning anything. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that at least somebody like uh, Ice Cube was like, screw all this noise. Where's the policies at? <laughs> Someone with the voice, somebody that's a celebrity actually fucking did that. And I'm shocked. And I don't know how people are pissed about that. But I do. Conditioning. We're conditioned. We really are. Willie Lynch syndrome. We're on full display, y'all. So anyways, um, Walter Wallace Jr. Rest in peace. Oh. You know, another black man gunned down. I believe he was shot 12 times and killed in front of his mom. His mom called for help because he was having you know, um, issues. He had, I assume a knife in his hand and she needed help. And, uh, you know, mental illness in the black community is, is, is really sad because instead of help, we get bullets. Instead of help, we get our children taken away by social services. Instead of help, we're locked up. Instead of help, we're just tossed to the side like trash. Unfortunately, Walter Wallace Jr. Um, lost his life over it, you know? Um, yeah, PTSD is no joke. So I'm sending my love and condolences to his family. Uh, I mean, this is what people are writing and protesting for. And you have Joe Biden talking about, oh, let's not get violent. Let's not. Are you kidding me? How about you hold the officers that are accountable? Right. And if you have uh, Kamala Harris by your side, she's going to be like, oh, I don't see what I don't see what the problem was. Right. <laughs> he came out here with a knife. What was he supposed to do? <laughs> you know, Kamala cop. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, Lil Wayne posing with Donald Trump. Like I said on my Instagram story, what's a goon to a goblin? <laughs> like. I mean, Lil Wayne is a goblin because he actually looks like one, but I'm not surprised that he did a photo op with Donald Trump. Number one, I believe Lil Wayne can't even vote based on his criminal history. So I don't, I don't know who he's pandering to and does he make a certain amount of money? So again, I don't know who he's pandering to. <laughs> um, Trump supporters are just as fucking annoying to me as Joe Biden supporters are on online, not all, but online. Because the the amount of extremism that I'm seeing on both sides, like neoliberals and neo um, um, conservatives, it's just like yo, <laughs> none of these men care about us. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Unless you're a white male and make over four hundred thousand dollars, that's Christian, a Christian, straight, a business owner, and everything, and has you know, capital wealth and all this, and you're irrelevant. To the Republicans, like you're you're relevant. So 
okay, it is what it is. I don't know what he thought he was going to do with a little fucking picture with him. He looked crazy. Um, Obama urging black men not to sit out. <laughs> Obama said black men shouldn't sit out on this voting opportunity. Black men. As if they're the blame for every, like, how do you, how do you fix your mouth and say some shit like that, Obama? Knowing the odds that are against black men in, in, in general, I mean, I, I talked about in this podcast, right? So, urging black men is not sit out. Who the fuck said that black men were sitting out? And who the fuck said that black men aren't sitting out due to contributions from the government of keeping them fucking out from being able to vote? You know, prison, they locked up. <laughs> Some of them are locked up. And y'all won't let them out. Right? So I'm going to blame the oppressed for being oppressed by the oppressors that are responsible. And I'm just going to be like, oh, well, you know, my friend Joe Biden, who participated in Lock Your Unique Rose Up, y'all need to get out there and vote for him. Crazy. Again, black men is not our enemy, white supremacy is. You know, and shout out to Michael B. Jordan producing Static Shock film for DC ah. and Wendell Pierce playing BB King in a movie, which is amazing. Again, this is what I like to see ADOS creating ADOS culture, participating in ADOS culture, right? BB King is a Black American legend, and you have Wendell Pierce, a Black American, playing him. This is what I like to see. He looks just like him. I know he's going to kill it um, when he was younger. So, hey, uh, what else is on the agenda before I go? I just want to say, you know, watch out for the agents of chaos. Um, healing is not linear. And please don't entertain the whataboutisms on the internet. We can whataboutisms all day and go back and forth. I'm not doing that any longer. Um, hmm. A cute little fact. Uh, I just want to say affirmative, affirmative action went out the, the window for black Americans the moment that white women benefited from it more. So if I hear another fucking discussion about affirmative action, I'm going to like literally like purposely stub my toe on the corner of my bed frame. I'm going to literally just like kick the bed frame with my big toe. Like, I'm just tired of like the typical goalposts being moved. We know history. We know facts. It's on the internet. You know, like it, it's just like black Americans doesn't have the wealth that that is the reasoning behind the push for reparations, by the way, for those who are still struggling. I'm just closing that out with the idea of why we're fighting so hard for reparations um, I mean, we need more mental health workers because American, um, you know, America didn't build black America for us. That wasn't the plan for us. So, Hey, during the reconstruction era, like I said, you know, you had the new deal, uh, the new deal project. You, we had, uh, the GI bill and listen, if both, uh, included black Americans, you know, America would have 
open up the window of opportunity to achieve in an equitable future for us, you know, but FDR, you know, frankly, D Roosevelt, he didn't, he didn't have us in mind during the great depression. So we had to pick ourselves up and we built black wall street and it was burnt down. So now we're here. Anyways. Um, now that I got a lot of the <laughs> hard conversations out the way, I appreciate you guys for listening and supporting me and yeah. Um, be sure to look in the description box for more information and I will catch you guys later. Peace, love, and happiness.